This is Buck Travers. No matter what, don't miss the second story of this episode. Professor Theo doesn't know about it. He's only planning to record one story this week. I added a second because I need to tell you something very important. And I mean very important. I would tell you now, but I hear him coming. See the second half of this episode. Introducing my friend, the Terror. Don't worry, he's actually quite nice. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo, broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in beautiful downtown splendid West Virginia, a town so remote that one could set up shop and perform top-secret, unethical, scientific experiments on just about anything and anyone for years on end. I mean, I wouldn't do that, of course, but I could see how one would. Let's move on. I have a confession to make, listeners. I have a good friend from another dimension. It's true. He's a large, hulking figure, and his name is The Terror. He's actually quite nice. Unfortunate name, all things considered. He's a great guy. Beasts from other realms are people too, you know. No different than you. No different than me. Anyway, my friend, The Terror, is a bit hurt that I haven't brought him up once in all of these episodes, 18 episodes now. And he has a right to be. The Terror is easily one of the most interesting, intriguing characters we've come across in this delightful little town full of kid superheroes and time-traveling teens. We even have our own kid space force. You'll meet them next week. The Terror is an important figure in Splendid history, too, given that he saved us from complete, utter annihilation. Wait, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Anyway, I thought maybe I should introduce you to The Terror by way of the two kids that introduced him to me. I'll take you way back to that time my neighbors, twin siblings Lenny and Lo, first met The Terror. It was a chance meeting, told in this tale. A year without sun. Twin siblings, Lenny and Lo, were walking home when the sky suddenly grew dark and a storm hit. It was a bad storm with lots of wind and rain. Lenny and Lo were tucked snugly under a single umbrella, but it failed to shield them from the worst of the elements. They walked faster, trying to get home, but the day grew grayer and the streets grew less familiar. Lenny and Lo pressed on. Soon the wind blew their umbrella clean away, whipping it into a frenzy, away from them, and then into the sky. Lenny and Lo looked to take shelter, but soon learned they had more to fear than the punishing squall and the lightning threat. Lenny saw a terrifying purple face in the sky. Suddenly, Lowe realized they were not home in splendid West Virginia anymore. 
they were somewhere else entirely, somewhere neither one of them recognized. Lenny and Lowe were confused, terrified, but determined to find out what was going on. They persevered, for sometimes you have to push past the fear toward the light that you know must be near. Their newfound surroundings seemed abandoned, save for a large, hulking, intimidating creature heading toward them. The thing introduced himself as the Terror, though his kindly manner of speaking contrasted greatly with his name. The Terror told Lenny and Lowe of his town and its long stretch of darkness and rain. We haven't seen the sun in so long, the terror lamented. And if my world goes a year without sun, it vanishes. I'm so scared. A year? With no sun? Lenny, lover of warm spring and summer months, couldn't imagine. How long has it been? Lowe questioned. The terror responded, 364 days. With little time, Lenny and Lowe set out to find a solution, something to bring sun to this gray and water-soaked land. They tried to bribe the area meteorologist, but he swore he could not control the weather. Their attempts to make their own sun out of all the flashlights the terror could collect was far less than what was needed. A ladder that reached to the clouds was traversed, and Lenny and Lowe and the terror took turns trying to blow those clouds away to clear just enough room for the sun's rays. That failed. Lenny and Lowe suggested prayer. The terror joined them, and while their positive vibes seemed to slow the drenching shower, it was not great enough. If only there were more of us, Lowe lamented. Lenny followed up. Are there any more in this town? The terror explained that there were lots more like him and the meteorologist they had met, but no one comes out anymore. With all the darkness and gloom, they have all given up hope. Lowe commanded, we have to change their outlook. Lenny had an idea. Get them all outside. Bid them come to the town square tomorrow. The terror was sure no one would venture out. Nevertheless, he went door to door to ask. Lenny and Lowe made preparations. The next day, the last day, if there was no sun, Lenny and Lowe were pleased to find themselves joined by the Terror and a few dozen others. Lenny and Lowe and the Terror explained that their efforts to pray the clouds away had worked slightly but not nearly enough. What this town needs, Lowe lectured, some positive thoughts, vibes, prayer, something, anything other than the doom and gloom and sad stuff all the time. Lenny added, the mind is a powerful thing. If you think bad things, you get bad things. But if you think good things, I think maybe many of you haven't thought good things for a long time. He looked out to a sullen, silent crowd. With a lot of encouragement, Lenny and Lowe and the Terror were able to get some of the town's residents to think happy thoughts for as long as they possibly could. Some could only do so for a few minutes. Others didn't even try. 
But many found that a wonderful thing happened. When they changed their point of view and began to focus not on the dark and dreadful, but on the hope and possibility, they began to feel better. The better they felt, the more happy thoughts streamed in. And with those happy thoughts came a glimmer of sunshine, both real and metaphorical, something folks hadn't seen or felt in nearly a year, 364 days. When others realized what was happening, they were able to think happier thoughts too, because they started to get excited, and positivity is just as contagious as fear. More began to imagine better things, or to think with gratitude. In equal measure to all of this, the sun shined stronger and brighter. The rain was gone, and the ground began to dry. The temperature warmed. The terror thanked Lenny and Lo, and wished them well in finding their way back home. He gave them an umbrella. You might need this. I heard you lost yours. Then the terror vanished. Lenny and Lo were shocked at their new surroundings. They were back in their neighborhood, just a block away from their home, which is also close to my home, which is how I came to know little Lenny and Lo, twin siblings, and the story of how they introduced me to the terror is an entirely different tale. A tale for a different day, unfortunately, but rest assured, you will get to know the terror more. That's all for this week, listeners. Don't leave. Keep listening. Only one story from Professor Theo, true, but I must run. I'm still here. Stick around. I have a meeting to attend. Seems I'm desperately needed at yet another committee meeting. I detest committee meetings. One of these days... Well, one of these days, I might enjoy them, huh? Until then, I'm Professor Theo. This is Buck Travers. Professor Theo is a scientist and college professor. His official specialty is bugs. Though his top-secret side project involved experiments with creating superhero potions. He tests these potions on bugs to see if he can create the perfect superhero. Strong and smart and fast. Professor Theo's young son, me, I often came to school with him. I like to draw draw on a dry erase board and read through my father's science magazines. I've been warned not to go in the forbidden room with the big do not enter sign. One day, the buzzing of the beetles behind the door lured me close. My dad had left for a meeting. He promised to be back in just a few minutes. I figured I had enough time to look around it a bit in that super secret lab. That's just what I did. I opened the do not enter door slowly and then stepped inside. This lab was much like my dad's classroom, but smaller and darker. Bugs flew about everywhere. Some even seemed to whisper hello, though I knew that was impossible. Right? 
On a work table in the corner, I approached a bottle of oranges liquid marked Superhero Serum. Mmm, orange juice, my favorite, I said loud, not noticing the label. Drink it, a strange voice whispered. I drank. Immediately, I began to feel its strange effects. I decided to leave, but I couldn't, for the forbidden door had locked behind me. I attempted to open it with my hand, but couldn't. Then I opened it with my mind. I just thought really hard, and I mean really hard, about the door opening, and and as I pictured it, that's just what it did. In fact, it opened so quickly, it almost tore off its hinges. Did I do that? I asked myself. Dad entered the room. He knew what I was up to. Look, what did he say? Oh, yeah, he said, but did you? Ugh, I can't remember. It's fine. I don't have to tell you every detail, do I? Stand back, Dad, I said. As I said it, some force literally pushed him back about ten feet. I was as surprised as my father. I'm sorry, Dad. What's happening to me? What did he say? What did he say? Oh, yeah, he said. Buck, did you drink anything while you were in there? I didn't want to tell the truth, for I knew I'd be in big trouble. I had never lied to my father, though. Yes. The orange liquid, I said. The superhero serum, Dad asked. Okay, be very careful, Buck, Dad warned. I wonder why my father sounded so worried. But then I realized I was floating about four feet off the ground. I'm flying. I'm taller than you, Dad. I was awkward at first, but I got the flying thing down rather quickly. Before long, I was darting from one end of the room to the other. Quite fast, about six, seven, or maybe even eight feet off the ground. Dad was thrilled that his superhero potion had worked, but scared because it had never been tested on a human before. But can you lift this desk? Dad asked. I did it without any trouble at all, in spite of the fact that Dad's desk weighed well over 100 pounds. But can you tell me what 157 times 321 is? 50,397, I replied, in less than the blink of an eye, in spite of the fact I wasn't even in second grade yet. It worked. Dad was amazed. His son, Buck, was super strong and super smart, and he could move things and fly, but he was devastated at the thought that maybe he'd hurt me. You didn't, Dad. I'm fine, I said as I disappeared in front of his eyes and instantly reappeared behind his back. See, I said. I was in big trouble for breaking Dad's rules about the do not enter room, and he warned me to be careful to keep my superpowers a secret. I promised I would. Someday I'll figure out how to return you to normal, Buck, Dad said. I'm not worried, I thought. I think I'm going to like being kid superhero. Now let's go home, I said. I'll race you. You drive. I'll run. And now I have to run, too. I can hear Dad coming. He must have remembered he forgot to turn the microphone off. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. The part of Buck Travers was played by Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. 
If you don't, Professor Theo might turn you into a beetle or an eggplant. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Thank you.